0: Hi there, my name is C. I'm D,
1: and you're listening to, you're listening to... Swinging, swinging Down, Down Under.
0: Our journey is a couple through the swinging lifestyle.
1: lifestyle. Are you into open relationships?
0: Or exploring new things in life?
1: This is our podcast. Join
2: in. Experiences,
1: both good and bad, <laughs> reviews and events, and more here Swinging Down Under. Come on. Join us.
2: G'day everyone, and welcome to episode 70. This is your host, C.
1: And this is D, I and mean, he still doesn't think anyone cares about the number of episodes we've done. <laughs> this is an ongoing battle in our household, like Vegemite and peanut butter.
2: That's very true. We are a house divided on the spreads on our toast and also the episode numbers on our podcast.
1: Yes. It's we're possibly divorce things.
2: material, but we press on, we press on. Hey, everyone, today's episode is going to be a three-part segment, really. It is about the recent office party that we attended, and we have some pre-party audio to share with you, which we're going to put up first. Then we're going to discuss um, our thoughts after the party, so what actually happened at the party and... A little bit of a um, sneak peek here. It wasn't great, and then uh, the, later up, what we have is a new segment, and it's our interview with a slut podcast Simon from New Zealand, talking a little bit about.
1: You still keep saying New Zealand,
2: as opposed to New Zealand.
1: That's right, that, <laughs> right, it's New Zealand.
2: He's talking about sexuality in in New Zealand, so that's part of our new cultural and sexuality uh, diversity section on our podcast so that's coming up in today's episode
1: yeah and if you fucking hate it let's let us know
2: yeah please do um we, we thought that this might be interesting for everybody out there our listeners and our friends uh, to learn a little bit about how everybody else out there in the world uh, approaches so it's more sex. of a global
1: look you know different yeah. locations different people different history you know different strokes for different folks
2: yeah so send us send us an email with some feedback we do have a few different Uh, episodes already locked in and interviews locked in with some really interesting people so So if
1: it's shit we can cancel those (laughs) yeah and i can go to the pub
2: that's true and then d can go to the pub don't let d go to the pub okay so we're gonna share with you now the pre-party audio hey guys so we're on our way heading out to a party in singapore yes we are This, this is fucking cray
1: i don't know that it's that crazy it's pretty cray I don't. I don't think so.
2: Okay. So we just did a uh, a bit of a periscope. So I just really before we get into this quick catch up, I just want to do a shout out to Sex on the Counter podcast, or you can find them on Twitter on SOTC podcast. We just did a really quick periscope be- whilst we were getting ready. Dee was making some drinks, and they just happened to pop on.
1: So are you going to tell everyone what number podcast this is? Ah,
2: oh, we're going to do that at the beginning of the podcast. We uh, did a formal
1: intro. Gotcha. Okay.
2: But, uh, but yeah, so welcome to that. So sex on the counter. Thanks for dropping on our Periscope, guys. They spotted the Tito's in the Moscow meals being made.
1: Yeah, and uh, you did misquote, in fact, the Tito's was purchased here. Was it? At uh, Changi Airport on the oh, way Okay,
2: babe. at the airport. All right, yeah. I got you. Yep. Cool Magool. Okay, so what we're doing- Cool, we're, Magool?
1: cool Magool? Who the fuck are you? Old as fuck. Man, Cool okay. Magool. Who's Cool Magool? There's no such thing. I'm sure there is. No, I'm pretty sure there's not.
2: What do people say? Cool Cool <coughs> oats?
1: No, nobody ever says cool oats either.
2: Okay, whatever, babe. Okay, so we're on our way out to a party tonight. We are going to a sexy office slutty party. Slutty office party. Yes. Which is quite literally in an office. So when we got the invite, I was a little bit paranoid about where this was taking place just because of the whole legality side of it. You weren't so concerned.
1: No. No, not really, given that what's the worst they're going to do? So you guys are dressed in office, wear in an office.
2: Well, people are going to be fucking, so that's illegal.
1: I wasn't anything. Why is fucking illegal? When has fucking become illegal?
2: I mean, because if
1: it's illegal in this country, we're fucking leaving. We are moving like today. Get it? No, so so why why is fucking believable? Because lewd
2: behavior in public and then nudity. But we're not in public. Well, I don't we're in fucking office building. Well, that's my point.
1: I don't, well, who, who I don't owns the office really, building? I don't know. You really have a point. What
2: if there's the owner doesn't approve of this?
1: The owner doesn't approve of fucking in their house. Let's hope they don't, the the owner here approves of sex. Otherwise we're in fucking big trouble.
2: (laughs) Okay. So it is an office party. And so we got the invite. Now I just want to convert this for everybody. It's pretty rare for us. Well, I think it's rare. D, D disagrees to get a party in Singapore. So the invite is for this evening. It's 150 Singapore dollars, which is 109 US dollars to attend and you have to take alcohol. So basically it's 109 US dollars for. A room
1: to get somebody to organize an office party, a yeah, slutty office party
2: for is And, um, and so, yeah, so we're heading out tonight. So Dee's in a sexy suit, you have a brand new suit.
1: I do have a brand new suit. Yeah, yeah. I very much do.
2: <laughs> and of course, um, that is one of my like that's men lingerie for me.
1: Yes. It and is. how do I look? You look stunning as always. Um, you look slutty office girl chick with a bun and...
2: My boobs are out.
1: Yeah, well, the girls are up and out, <laughs> yes. That is the case.
2: I want to mention something that's positive about going to a slutty office party. Your fantasy? my Well, there's that. But my glasses. I get to just rock my glasses and it's totally part of the look.
1: I actually think, like everybody at Desire last year, that your glasses suit you quite nicely. Yeah, well,
2: you can't exactly wear glasses by the pool. Anyway, yes, so... Yes, you can, and you
1: did, you weirdo. Most
2: days. Yeah. That's different than normal glasses. Anyway, we're getting off topic. So, I put up a poll on Twitter recently because when we got the invite, I was really curious about this whole fantasy, right, office fantasy. And so, I asked who has won the office fantasy, if at all. And then I was, look, this is my bad. I'm going to call a swing a foul. Can I call it?
1: No, I don't think it's a swing a foul. I think it's a C foul.
2: Sea fail? Yeah,
1: it's not a swing fail. Okay. What's it got to do with a swing?
2: So I said, do you have the do you have the fantasy? And then secondary, if you do, do you work in an office or you don't work in an office? And I'm going to purchase a hat and then eat my hat. Guess why? Shock me. So out of the people that responded, 14% said they didn't have the fantasy, which is quite low. Fifty-five percent said not only did they have the fantasy, but they work in an office. Now, I'm going to call myself out because I assumed that people that go or that have this fantasy, maybe they don't work in an office. You and I work in an office every day. It's fucking boring. So, maybe does that take away from people having the fantasy? Apparently not. So, that's my bad. That's c foul.
1: Yeah, well, uh, just to turn that on its head, for those who don't work in an office, they probably wouldn't know how to make it erotic in an office.
2: Well, 31% said they did have the fantasy. They don't work in an office. But yeah. 55% responded that they had the fantasy and they work in an office. Mm. So that's my bad, people. So thanks for responding to that on Twitter because clearly uh, I had some cliches. Amazing stats. Go on thanks, babe. Yeah,
1: I mean like – Works in with the theme. Like you, you know what you should do. Like talk we about should. stats all night at the party? Absolutely. Yeah. People will love that. They'll I be know. like, oh, my God, you are a sexy secretary.
2: Okay, so – But what? if you
1: keep talking about stats, you're going to be less <laughs> sexy. You're okay. just going to be a secretary.
2: Excellent. I can do that. Should I take my typewriter?
1: I should have actually went as a secretary. I just thought about how sexist I'm being.
2: Yes, that is very true. I should be wearing a –
1: I should be in my sexy – I I can can actually – hang on. I should be in my suit. I can be in it. This is a secretary's outfit for a man. I'm in a suit. That's a male secretary outfit.
2: Yeah, I could have actually been in a suit though.
1: Yeah, in a – you have a really nice suit as well. Well, that's my problem though
2: because I wear that to work. It really grasps
1: onto your ass. It does.
2: So I don't know. So that's why I guess my my cliche into this was maybe because I wear. A we suit. are
1: stumbling across a lot of cliches. We are. We are like sexual cli- cliches. We've, yeah, we've done that and also sexist
2: cliches. Yeah.
1: No, just sexual, not sexist.
2: No. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't mean it in a sexist way to dress this way. So. Accidental. Not accidental sexism. No, it's. <laughs> We're just, we're like...
2: Stereotypical. Yeah, I think that's... That's better. Yeah.
1: Okay. Let's not call me a sexist live on our podcast. That would be fantastic.
2: (laughs) I'd say we'd edit out in post, but I think that everybody knows we don't do that.
1: Yeah. Not ever.
2: No, not ever. No. So, what are you hoping for, expecting for? What interests you in this evening's festivities?
1: I'm interested to see what an office party looks like with a bunch of swingers, to be fair.
2: I'm curious about how it's going to go. It's currently 9.10 p.m. We're thinking about heading there at like 9.30.
1: We were supposed to be there at 9.30, you told me.
2: Mm. There is that too, but yeah. you know.
1: So, C is looking to prevent us from getting there on time, which true. is, a, which is you know, her her jam.
2: That's not true. So, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I'm curious about, you know, I do have a fantasy. I have a fantasy of the whole like being fucked over an office desk. And I actually tried to compartmentalize and pull that apart a little bit. And realize what that fantasy is about and honestly, I think it's actually a power switch fantasy in, so
1: in what way like you're the power giver or the power receiver
2: the power receiver so for me um, you know I think I would be more sub in this in this environment okay yeah
1: so the power giver because you give the power to somebody else
2: well that's yes well like <laughs> yes, okay fine you're <laughs> getting me on a technicality bit um. Yeah, I think that it is something that I've been interested in. So, But it's funny because with the whole like fantasy turning into reality situation, oftentimes you can be quite disappointed because in your head it's a certain way. So in my head I'm I'm picturing like this particular kind of office, right? I'm going to get there and it's going to be a Singapore office. What's it going to look like? I'm pretty
1: sure that this is going to be nothing like your fantasy.
2: I'm pretty sure it is too. I'm pretty
1: sure this is going to be possibly the inverse of your fantasy.
2: So I'm keen to kind of And see by the how that way, for out.
1: those of you out there that just noticed when I said possibly that there was a really large pop.
2: Oh shut. It's
1: up. because C so decided that the pop filters weren't necessary for this very, very are. short.
2: I took them to Perth and now I'm pretty sure Oh, they're in the cupboard too?
1: Yeah. Cool. Right beside the microphones you got out for this.
2: So they're actually in the bomb shelter.
1: They're in the bomb shelter, yes. Yeah.
2: Uh, So, yeah, that's what I'm kind of hoping for. I'm interested in a big group. Tonight's uh, people apparently are more than half are singles, more than half are single unicorns and single manicorns. Yeah. So that's interesting.
1: It will be very interesting.
2: So I'm keen to kind of see how that pans out.
1: Especially given we've never played with a unicorn.
2: Well, maybe tonight's the night. Um, The lady did say that it is uh, all of the ladies are Asian and all of the men are Caucasian. Was what she well, told me. Well, that's not the
1: case because you're going...
2: Well, that's what she told me, so... But that's not the case. Everybody like, else, I'm assuming, was what she was saying. I don't think that's the case. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And she said everybody's around the same age and uh, travel type well, levels. Well, that can't be the case
1: either, given there's 10 years between us. I mean, we're not around the same age.
2: So, <laughs> anything else you want to add?
1: No, not really. I think um, it'll be an interesting evening. Are you excited? Um...
2: Oh, Ooh, what's Excited,
1: that about? not really the right term, I don't what's think. What's that about?
2: Why it, not? It's know,
0: a swingers it's just, party. Yeah, but
1: I don't know anyone there. It's going to be an interesting event. You, know, you, you just never know. What happens if it's an office building that looks over another office building and there's people working in the other office building? Like, that's not going to work. We can always
2: cut and run and go to four floors of whores.
1: We could do that. Sorry. Or its real name, which is Orchard Towers. Look it up, people. Um, it's <laughs> actually got five floors of whores as well, just... Yes, so, you know. I know. It's, and it's is a like bad a Douglas name, Adams book. It's like a trilogy in yeah. four parts,
2: but there's really five books. We know
1: that the word horse is a bad thing. We're not advocating its use. It's just the local name for it.
2: Well, is it a bad thing? Or should people of course it is. take it back? Like, no, it's a, a bad thing.
1: Okay. It's a bad thing because it, it's, just, I mean, it's a poor name for a sex worker and sex workers deserve better treatment than yeah, being you. called that name. Yeah, okay. that's just the name of the place. Again, not advocates for its use.
2: Okay. Um, before we close out, speaking about the word slut, um, for all you slutty friends out there, if you haven't heard of a podcast, they're called Monogamy Disrupted, and you can get them on Twitter. Twitter. Did I say Twigger? Man, it is it is getting cray-cray up in here. You can get them on Twitter on Monogamy Disrupt, and they have podcasts, Malik and Nordia. They're uh, obviously monogamish, and uh, they recently spoke about the word slut on their podcast when they did a mailbag episode. So go and check them out. But otherwise, this is us signing off. We're going to go to the party now. All right, Dee, so the party. Um, look, in a nutshell... How, how do you feel about it? What, what were your thoughts?
1: Well, I've met cheese graders that would be more fun to masturbate with.
2: Yep, up yours, Ziggy, with a wah wah brush, so to speak.
1: What the
2: fuck? You like that? You Did said? that just
1: happen? Did we just trip back to the sixties?
2: <laughs> Look, guys, the the party wasn't great. It wasn't great for a number of reasons for both of us. Um, one, the lighting. So, upon entry, the lighting was it was it was there was no dark. lighting. It yeah. was just
1: dark. It was it was like really really dark
2: yeah too too dark i mean there's a difference between lighting that's you know trying to create a bit more of an ambience and then just darkness and there was a few tea lights on the candles on the ground but people couldn't see like it was ridiculous um beyond beyond sensual i would say
1: well i mean it would have been good if it was one of those rooms where you no matter who comes in you you're allowed to like touch them and fuck them what are those things called
2: just a dark room
1: oh yeah it was a dark room it was literally a dark room yeah that's what it was
2: So that was that was a bit disappointing for us, and so I guess every time
1: you open the fridge, people got startled.
2: (laughs) There was a fridge.
1: No, but that was a joke. You don't necessarily have to tell the truth in a joke.
2: All right. Well, hey Dee, you might want to take this because I didn't actually get to see the counter. But speaking of fridges, the what? um, The counter.
1: Oh, you mean the food?
2: Speaking of fridges, speaking of I see why you didn't say food. Drinks. Let's. Let's talk quickly about that. What, what was your impression of that? And everybody out there, remember, we paid $150 to attend this party. We bought our own alcohol, right? So it's $150 literally just to be in a room with people.
1: Thankfully, we did bring our own alcohol because I had to scull it, a lot of it. <laughs> yep. uh, sorry, chug it, chug it. So uh, the food. So there was a bag of open uh crisps like dorito sort of style i think they were they weren't dorito they weren't flavored doritos i think they were like just salted doritos which which was okay because it kind of made them good for dipping which was okay but the the, they were literally just in a bag with the bag turned down i don't really have a problem with doritos like like that that's not that i should have probably started somewhere else but that's the best thing on the table That's probably of most interest there is that's the best thing on the table. Yeah. So from there, it really goes downhill. I mean, we got, you got some dips to go with the, with the Doritos. Nothing terribly exciting, but nothing horrible either. I mean, I'd be happy to have those stuffed in front of me. But the thing that really, really did it for me was the massive pile. And I use the term pile quite literally the pile of, uh, ginger biscuits.
2: Oh, Ikea Ginger Biscuits, right. Ikea Ginger yeah.
1: Biscuits. You did have one of those, didn't you?
2: Well, because I couldn't see anything, so I wandered over there thinking, I'm starving, I'll get something to eat. And um, and um Yeah, I'd... we made the
1: mistake of not eating before we went Yeah, that was well. a rookie error. Yeah. But I guess,
2: look, at the end of the day, you know, nibbles and stuff at a party, nibbles and nibbles, whatever, you know. You can go as simple or as elaborate as you like. But the key takeaway here is actually, I think, presentation. You know, they they'd opened the dips, to my understanding, without even – you know, putting them in another container. It was just the lid was off it. They'd open the crisps, pouring them into a bowl. It was just that they were sitting there open, you know, um, the bag was sitting there on the table.
1: We ran out of um, – we also ran out of mixers after the first 45 minutes?
2: Yeah, and that's. this is not the first time this has happened for this particular party host where they've either run out of alcohol or run out of mixers and you find yourself consuming – Oh God! We were drinking like a sixteen-year-old. We were drinking Red Bull and vodka. Don't be going
1: stealing my jokes. Red Bull and vodka. That was my joke. That was your
2: joke. And it's—I can't believe we. I used to drink that when I was younger because I tell you, I was not. Well, when I
1: brought it over to you, there were three other people standing, chatting to you, and they all said, "What is that horrible smell?"
2: Oh, it's me. Sorry. Sozzy. <laughs> yeah, it
1: was me actually that time around. And yeah. Not for the usual reasons. No. no. So look, the,
2: the food and drinks were were, when, you know, they left a lot to be desired. Um, Something that we always do is we took along our plastic outdoor wine cups as well. And we always do that, take that to parties. And a few of the other people that were at the party were going, that is such a great idea because the plastic cups that the host had provided were those really flimsy, thin plastic cups that you can barely hold without them crumbling in your hands. So, if you guys out there do attend a party like that, like a house party or something, don't be afraid to take your own um, like hard plastic beach wine glass. Yeah, or something. go with
1: plastic though, because you don't want anyone yeah. glassing you if you get anything wrong.
2: <laughs> exactly. That's
1: why I take plastic because I. Pretty sure there's a few people that'd glass me if they got the chance.
2: Yeah. And look, just, just one more thing, I guess, about the actual. Including C. S- <laughs> me as well. <laughs> one more thing about the actual surroundings of the party before we talk about what happened at the party itself. But they had, uh, blow up beds on the floor. Now these blow up beds had uh, obviously just been purchased, I'm guessing, for this party. They had about four or five of them laid around the, the office at the time. Um, none of them had sheets or anything on them. So they were just literally bare blow up mattresses on the floor, um, with a few tea light candles scattered around there was no pillows no sheets no nothing and so it was and and then there was not even really a box of tissues or anything next to them or any kind of like lube or condoms or anything like that um so there were
1: condoms and lube i don't think you saw them yeah yeah well we didn't get close enough to the bed no
2: yeah so it's really just about making your party guests feel feel welcome feel invited and making sure that they have everything there that they need to enjoy the evening i mean you're already surrounding people in you know an interesting atmosphere with other people some people might be nervous no tissues
1: no towels though No tissues or towels.
2: No tissues, no
0: towels?
1: Yeah, so like nowhere to clean up after the after the fact. I mean everyone's just walking out with a box full of lube. Yeah, that's true. A box of lube. Yeah. So box of lube's no fun. (laughs) Boco lubo. Well, it's fun to start with, but then like at the end of the night when you're leaving, I'm sure that's no fun.
2: Less fun. So yeah, I mean, it just comes down to making people feel comfortable. I think that's, I mean, look, we could probably talk a little bit more about the fact that it was an office party. There were no desks. So I went there with. There the, was a desk. That middle stand up thing. Big desk. Bench.
1: Big fuck off desk.
2: Listen, you're going to have an office sluts party and tell people to come dressed up for, for an office party. Oh, that's getting another thing. Bent over tables. I mean, come on. I went there with this idea of I'm going to be able to fulfill my fantasy tonight. And I was sorely disappointed by that. So I think just be be aware that it was an open warehousey type space. Yeah,
1: well, it. no, it was a, just an empty office. There was nothing in it yeah. other than the big boardroom table. What were you going to
2: mention there? You said you had something to mention.
1: No, I don't remember. Can't remember. No, it surely wasn't that important.
2: Okay. Um, but then, look the the evening took a bit of a bit of a downward trend. Um, we we started talking to different people. Some people there were were quite new. Other people were getting quite drunk. Um, I was a bit worried about two ladies actually that were very very new and very very drunk. It was their
1: first event, and they were blind drunk. Yeah, and, and they and were I was kind a bit of worried. pushed onto a bed and and kind of not. They were they kind of started playing with each other. They they known each other before the night but it was yeah it was uh
2: i think their inhibitions really just went out the window well i mean
1: jeez getting shit faced will do that i mean i'm a lot more of a bastard when i'm drunk
2: yeah and so i think that was a bit worrying for me i actually spoke to the guy that they came with and said you know Are they okay um, and he said worrying.
1: yes i plan to fuck them both later
2: yeah um there was a guy there that has ghosted us um and also not turned up to a number of dates a number of times in the past which was quite funny we yeah we, especially
1: the way you handled that <laughs> you want to run people through the, the way you the way i you was actually
2: it? i was taking the piss but i walked in and he was like hey you know we we're supposed to meet up and i i legitimately couldn't remember him um because it was about 12 months ago and I said no, I don't. I don't really recall. And and then he was like, this, you know, was giving me identif- identifying um descriptions. And I was like, no, I can't remember. And then he went into a little bit more. And I went, hold on a second, you're the guy that didn't turn up on two dates. You know, you just literally didn't turn up on the date whilst we were at the date. And then the third date we were supposed to go to, he sends us a text message morning of being all like, I'm in Australia. Sorry, I forgot. Um and then ghosted us so that was pretty funny i did walk up to him and and when i finally realized i i took the piss and said oh you're that guy that just basically blew us off thanks very much
1: yeah that that that's who he was but you um yeah you you dealt with that really uh really smoothly and, and tactfully i think
2: yeah i was you saying know, the piss i was having fun by
1: just saying oh yeah you're a cunt <laughs> like without saying that out loud yeah. but that's that's what you quite obviously meant for everyone
2: there were so. a number of single guys there um two of them that i actually quite enjoyed i did ask one to play um he was uh he already told me that he had a, a date with somebody else that at the party to play with so i got rejected there which is cool and then the second guy um that we we're talking to for a while started again he was having a few drinks started to get a bit pissed and then i i was we were basically saying well it's either now or never you know go dress down so i went into the bathroom to dress down and, and here's where it all went downhill
1: Went further downhill. Went
2: further downhill. It so, was already
1: like on a very, very slippery slope. So
2: do you want to tell everybody what happened now at this point?
1: Well, at this point, I got sick of being at the party. Um, and you were gone for a while. And by the time you got back, the guy that you were interested in playing with, who we probably shouldn't have been interested in playing with anyway because of how drunk he was. Um, I think it was kind of one of those, well, let's do it because we're here and, you know, sort of thing, I suppose. But the other thing you've failed to mention is that we're outnumbered like five to one single guy to couple as well. It was a huge offset that actually some of the other couples mentioned to us as well, the ones we we managed to talk to. But, yeah, so you came out of the toilet and, and basically I said, fuck it, let's go home.
2: Yeah, so I'd come out and and I'd been in there dressing down. I came out in my lingerie, my heels and stuff, and I get out there and Dee's and like, "We're going." And I obviously for me, there's a bit of a disconnect. Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and and he was like, "That's it. We're we're going. Let's let's get out of here." Um, I mean, look, it was a it was a shit circumstance. There was a lot of miscommunication between the two of us. Um, there was a lot of mis- misunderstandings of what was going on, of what the expectations were, and it did lead to us actually having a, a bit of a fight
1: a bit of a fight
2: on the on the way out of the out of the you know we were getting into the taxi we had a disagreement and um spoke spoke about the party spoke about what happened obviously i was out of again not really understanding what was going on so i was trying to put the pieces together of what happened in the 10 minutes i was in the bathroom and from your perspective you were standing out there on your own with no one to talk to everybody starts really fucking crazy like fucking like everywhere Lots of men, um, and then on top of that, the guy that we were going to play with, uh, basically ab- abandoned me because of a 10 minute delay. So.
1: Yeah, it was less than exciting.
2: So we had to work through that, uh, through that over the next few days after we'd left the party and, uh, Took a bit of a moment to assess what happened and how that could possibly be avoided in the future. But it was a, a really, really shit follow up to what could have been an amazing, an amazing party. You know, the theme, the idea, what we were wearing, I thought was all really hitting. Yeah, but
1: you, you've kind of missed half of that as well. I mean, we were the, you, there were only a few people there that were dressed as you were intent, as you intended to, or as you asked them to be dressed.
0: I'm just going to throw it out there and say it. We've got a clothing optional pool, hotel takeover coming up in Miami. We've only got 20 rooms left. And if this sounds like your tribe, your people, you wanting to have some fun for three nights, four days in the sun, come and join us May 31st to the 3rd of June. We've got We Got A Thing, Casual Swinger, Expansive Connection. We've got the Hump Day Quickies. And we have that hot couple in GA. So three nights, four days of fun in the sun for our Swingers Hotel Takeover in Miami. This is the last time we're hitting this location. So come and join us. We would absolutely love to see you. I just announced the themes inside of our community and they are going to be banging. We've also got the Casual Toys Luxury Playroom in the penthouse that's coming back for 2024. It is definitely a sight to be seen. So if you're all about having a party but making connections with genuine community, come and join us. In Miami, head to libertineevents.com and find your way to the Miami event. So 20 rooms left. would love to see you guys come and party. Hang out with us this May, June in Miami Beach.
1: As they were asked to be dressed. In theme, yeah. In theme. As as office sexy, whatever that might look, look like to you, it doesn't include a, a pair of fucking ripped jeans that were not ripped because they were supposed to be ripped. They were just old and fucked and ripped. And a a t-shirt, you know, like that's not, that's not, unless you work for Google, it's not appropriate work attire.
2: Yeah, so that you, you're right. You know, we did go there, I think, I went there with quite high expectations. I was really excited because it is a, a fantasy of mine and we're dressed up and, you know, we don't have these parties very often in, in Singapore and so I had high expectations. We do
1: have them, we just don't go to them very often and this is exactly one of the fucking reasons we don't.
2: Yeah, they they keep letting us down a little bit, I think.
1: A little bit. <laughs> I mean, a this lot. is this is number two behind the worst party we've ever been to. Mm. Worst house party we've ever been to. Yeah, which, I mean, there was a dude there smoking a fucking, a pipe, like a big old frickin', what's his name?
2: Sherlock Holmes pipe. Yeah, big
1: fucking Sherlock Holmes wavy pipe thing, like a stovepipe. He was sucking on that thing. So, you know. It's going to be hard to top that, but this was certainly the second worst.
2: Yeah, it was It was a bad and, – and look, the follow-up definitely for us over the following few days was was not great in the C&D household. I mean, Dee, any advice for how we probably could have um, avoided that or dealt with that better just for everybody not who's going, there? Not
1: gone at all would have not been a good start all. because I don't think – certainly I wasn't in the right mindset to be going to that event to start with, which I feel like I did actually voice but was kind of shut down on that. Um, then – after that, the party, once it started to, to become obvious that it was a bad party, I think we should have made the decision earlier just to get out of there and go and do something else.
2: Yeah, that's true. I think if I was going to say, if I was going to say anything, I think we probably should have called it. Um, we should have gone there, assessed the situation, gone, this is not sexy for us or not where we want to be or, you know, we don't want to really play in this environment. Um, you know, blow up mattresses on the ground with no sheets. So let's go and let's maybe go and have some drinks and dinner ourselves. Probably would have been a better way to go. Pull the plug.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, so just for everyone out there to understand, a blow up mattress on the sh- on the floor without a sheet on, if it's if the party's been advertised in that manner and you pay for the for that, then that's a very different scenario. But you know, we we turned up to a party that cost us a lot of money uh, for what it was, and realistically. There was no investment. There was no reciprocal investment on the part of the person who organized the party.
2: Yeah, that's true, I guess. When you, when you do pay money, you, you expect a certain, a certain level of party to go with the money that you're spending, right? So if you're going to invest that money and look, we actually worked it out. She made what five grand that night.
1: Yeah. But the also, well, roughly. Yeah. But the also the, you know, even the, the things around, like for example, the, the Esky, sorry, the, the cooler chili bin, whatever you want to. call it um it was full before we got there and, and it had a bag of a five kilo bag of ice in it that's what filled it up so you know there was no room for you to put your drinks away there was nowhere to, nowhere for you to cool your we bought a bottle of wine and some and half a bottle of vodka i'm really glad we only took a half bottle <laughs> but um the wine we had nowhere to keep it cool nothing you know it was just Really underwhelming in terms of somebody actually giving a shit about their guests yeah that was the biggest thing for me it was just I was fucking pissed off that we'd invested this time and money and we hadn't seen each other in a while either so it, it it upset me that we'd been in you know we'd invested in this bullshit and had it really turned to custard and yeah. just purely because the person who was organizing the party was not interested in keeping their guests happy, with the exception of having a mountain of male males wandering around, single males that if you wanted to fuck, you could
2: yeah, that's an accurate description, I think um you're right, you, yeah, you, you, so
1: fuck that noise.
2: <laughs> she invited us to another party. we won't be uh like this weekend. I was like, no
1: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't mention that to me
2: um. What, that she invited us to another party? Yeah,
1: because I think my my response would have been, because if you mentioned it to me in any sort of way, thinking that we might be intending to go, my response probably would have been fairly negative.
2: No, no, no. No, I just said to her, thanks, not interested. Um,
1: no, 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 that's, yeah, but you didn't mention it to me.
2: No, 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 God, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's I guess our wrap up on the the party, a bit disappointed, but maybe we will be able to fulfill my fantasy and host a party similar like that because I do think it's a great theme, and I think it could be done very well,
1: yes, um. It can be, but you were kind of terrified going in as well. So. I'm
2: nervous. You know, the, I have, we haven't been to parties like this for a while, so you get a bit out. we have been going
1: to fucking parties like this for a long time. To come <laughs> you get either, a bit just out of, a heads up for you,
2: out of used to. All right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening. So coming up, we do have the interview, and uh, but otherwise, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, I guess hearing a little bit about the the parties and things that went wrong, and uh, maybe uh, can learn from our, our mis- uh, ongoing mistakes that that pop up every now and then. So
1: yeah, don't go to shitty parties.
2: <laughs> don't do it. Welcome everyone to a new segment on the Swinging Down Under podcast. We are joined today from uh, from New Zealand, actually, with
1: Simon. <coughs> new Zealand.
2: New Zealand. I'm sure he'll he'll school us, but uh, <laughs> welcome, Simon. Thank you very much for being our uh, new segment guinea pig.
3: Hey, no worries at all. Happy to help out. Uh, you guys are awesome, and I've listened to you quite a bit, so more than happy.
2: Thank you. Actually, uh, so for everyone out there, we put out a, a little bit of a help us uh, on Twitter and, and through our recent podcast. And uh, we wanted to show some cultural diversity on the podcast and talk a lot about sex in other countries. And Simon put his hand up, uh, connected with us on Twitter, and, and I latched onto him as soon as I possibly could, dug the claws in and said, Hey, buddy, can you come on our podcast?
1: So we decided the East Island of Australia would be the first place we'd talk
3: to.
2: That's exactly <laughs> correct. Really French now. <laughs>
3: So uh, yeah. Sorry, so, Simon. <laughs> no, that's fine. Hey, you're a kiwi. Let's get on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: hey, I get pretty excited when anyone from kind of this area actually uh, connects with us on social media. I'm like, holy shit! It's another Australian kiwi person <laughs> in Asia Pacific. Generally, you actually
1: get pretty excited about anyone reaching out to you on twitter
2: that's true i do yeah
1: even facebook you still get excited about which is hilarious
2: yeah well hey i'm an excitable kind of gal what can i say Yeah. anyway look the focus here is on simon simon uh introduce you a little bit of so tell us tell us a little bit about you give the listeners an understanding of like well for anyone out there maybe again who's geographically challenged where is new zealand where do you live where you grew up give us all of the the details on on simon the kingster
3: I live in New Zealand now, which is a little tiny butt fuck of a place just off the east coast of Australia. It's In Christchurch, which is even smaller, there's only about 400,000 people here. Um, I grew up in Brisbane though, uh, in Australia, which east coast again, which is why you said that in the intro. I am polyamorous, but currently single, which is uh, a weird place to be in for me. Does that make you uniamorous? <laughs> like
2: a unicorn polyamorous, a uniamorous.
3: Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't call myself a unicorn, though. I'm more into climbing, uh Maybe I don't know. I don't know how it is to be single and polyamorous. It's it's weird. I ha- don't have family here anymore. My mum lives in China. My little brother lives in Melbourne. But I do have my absolute potato with a dog, Brutus.
1: Oh, ah. Brutus! Nice.
2: Nice. We do we do like uh, hearing about people's uh, dogs on this show. We have uh, some friends over in the UK. They have a dog called Yoko. So you know, there you go. We're all we're all about the fur babies and naming them over here and swinging down under. <laughs> so my
3: dog's an absolute potato of a thing, it, because it is an English bulldog. So he struggles to do a lot of things, like to move, and it can get quite entertaining. <laughs>
2: Awesome. So, so poly, polyamorous, but first time being being single. So, in, in the in your previous relationship, he was
3: born
1: single. Well,
2: he was born single. But in your previous relationships, were you uh, so you you had your primary partner and then you also had a secondary, or were you somebody's uh, secondary? How how did that all work?
3: I always had a primary and had secondaries from that. Polyamory in Christchurch is very linked in with the King scene here, mm-hmm. so it's more you'd have your relationship and you'd have play partners i guess um as as part of that not so much full-on relationships even though with the kink play partner it's very you can't get very very intense so it does feel like you've got an extra relationship there because you've got aftercare and all of that sort of thing you've got to look after as well
2: I, well that's that's actually really interesting and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of your uh, kink because i have seen your sex toys so we'll chat about that a little <laughs> bit later no, uh, not
3: personally yeah. but you've stumbled across them i've I sent through a video of them so you could see. Yeah, it's quite a video. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing I couldn't put it into a picture, so I thought, okay. (laughs) No um, shit, shit, you couldn't. There were
1: a (laughs) lot of sex toys. We actually thought we had quite a few, but um, I have to say, I'm surprised the island you're on's not sinking. (laughs) (laughs) It's got half of China on it and and a good good portion of Europe as well.
2: I oh, will actually share the, uh, the YouTube link for your sex toys so will our you? listeners can get a, get a sensation of some of the, the toys on, on. Sensation your bed. is right. Sensation, exactly, <laughs> correct. Now, now, Simon, I, I actually did some research for this podcast. Okay. I actually sat down and did some actual research to tell people That's, a little bit about uh, New Zealand. I realize that's a bit of a mind-blown out there for a lot of people because we do tend to fly by the seat of our pants on this And I'm pretty
1: sure I might fall asleep partway through this research statement.
2: You may, but it is about (laughs) sex, so that may keep you interested.
1: Uh, Not when we're talking about the age of consent in New Zealand. (laughs)
2: All right, here we go. A couple of facts about New Zealand that I found. So the age of consent in New Zealand is 16 years old. New Zealand does not have a Romeo and Juliet law.
1: The Romeo and Juliet clause is if they're both underage, they fall in love, have sex, and then one of them proceeds to grow older and become overage, and then they continue having sex, they fall into the Romeo and Juliet clause, which means that they started prior to the point of the, the age of consent.
2: So while I was uh, looking at, at this information, actually, uh, I stumbled upon a local journalist in New Zealand in 2016 saying that, you know, should we lower the age of consent in New Zealand? Simon, what are your thoughts
1: on that?
3: No. Oh. Absolutely not. (laughs) Wow. Um, Um, Just
1: fucking – Jesus, you can't throw that out there. That's a big question. And after you answer
2: that question, Simon, can you also tell us how we can achieve world peace? Thank you very much. (laughs) Off you go.
3: Yeah, hey, no worries at all. Stop fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, honestly, the the age of consent is already quite low compared to, you know, the likes of the United States where it's 18 or or even 21. Uh, 16 for me is – Decent enough because people are going to explore when they're teenagers. There's no two ways about that. No matter where you are in the world, that is going to happen. I think 16 about right. I lost mine before 16, but that's not the point. Well, um, it kind of
2: is. I'm about to ask you that exact thing. So hold, hold that thought. Hold it up. While I was looking at this, I was thinking, okay, well, when did – people actually lose their virginity and I actually came upon um, a sex therapist called Mary Fisher and she says wow. let's not say the loss of virginity let's instead say making your sexual debut and while I was looking yeah. looking up information What <laughs> is hey,
1: going on here Dealers, let it happen no I
2: can't ease it in relax. And let it ease oh, in.
1: Man, I'm going to need more lubricant.
2: Relax, let it ease in. Okay, so in <laughs> right, I've got plenty. Of ease. <laughs> <laughs> so in New Zealand, the average virginity loss is 17.8 years old. In Iceland, mm-hmm. is the 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 average is the youngest anywhere in the world is in Iceland, and it's 15.6 years old. But the as we said there before, the age of consent 16. Simon, when did you lose your virginity?
3: I I, lo- I lost mine in Australia, so it wasn't quite the same. I didn't move here until I was, I think I was 16 when I moved here. I lost mine um, 14 and a half-ish, okay. give or take.
2: 14 and a ish so, yeah, that slightly. It, he
1: really remembers the exact timing and date of it. <laughs> it was a it's
2: special that, debut
1: for you, special, Simon. It was it was, it was not, I was.
2: If you read it, be shocked, I'm Simon. I'm pretty sure she
1: didn't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost certain she did not. <laughs>
2: D, D is from uh since you're from uh spent some time there in, in Queensland, Simon D's from far north, Queensland. D, when did you lose your virginity? Mm,
1: I was young. Very, very young. I was seven. Gee. Um, <laughs> bollocks. No, not bollocks. Sex, in fact. Um, almost needed a paddle pop stick and some duct tape to keep it up, though, that's the uh, the honesty of it. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But look, I wow. did have a fairly funky next door neighbour. She was a little older than me, still well under the age of consent, but a little older than me. And yeah, we were experimenting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's generally when I say it, people kind of lose their minds, but it's not, I mean, it's not that I'm unproud of it. It's just that it's a lot of people think it's weird. So yeah. it, it's not, doesn't generally come up in conversation unless, of course, somebody asked you to ex- explain yeah, sure. it on a podcast with a few you know, thousand people listening.
2: <laughs> well, mine was uh mine was thirteen. I was thirteen years old when I lost my virginity, so um yeah. Similar similar ish to oh. you, um, Simon.
3: Yeah. That I, I, I feel like I was a late bloomer now.
2: <laughs> well not 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 when we start talking to the other the other countries, which is why this uh this pod why this segment we're so excited about. But um let's let's crack on.
1: Just a heads up, one of us is more excited than the other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if you can figure out who that is. Oh, come on, Dee. get on board. Oh, I'm on board, but uh, that doesn't mean I won't pull the piss from the sidelines or oh, well, the peanut gallery, not <laughs> yeah, so much the sidelines. Exactly.
2: Lines. All right, so uh, so you lost your virginity then? When did you start masturbating? What age? Oh, well, Jesus.
3: Um, <laughs> see, no, the thing, the thing that you don't, I don't think you realize, D, is that these these are questions that I ask on my podcast. All right, to make fun for them. Just. Um, it would have been about twelve, thirteen, I think. It was from the the what do you call the the junk mail that you get, you know, your your Kmart catalogs with with women in bras and things like that. And I thought, oh, that looks nice. Kmart, and I've, keeping I've it, it a,
2: classy, Simon.
3: It could have been yeah. at least
1: Target, I mean,
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all about the Kmart for me, mate. Okay,
1: okay.
3: I I was proud as punch. I think most men are when they first shoot their load. Um, going through that, they think they're the only man on earth that's found this great thing that feels amazing. And I thought I was the king of the earth. I was like, oh, nobody knows about this. This feels great. I'm going to be the man. And then everyone else. Yeah.
2: I I actually can't I can't comment. But Dee, was that did that happen to you? Did you think like, goddamn, I'm amazing? Look at me, I've just come.
1: Well, I did, but that's probably because I was masturbating prior to being able to come.
2: So no, but I mean, when you actually came yeah, proper. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've been sort of hanging out for it. I was quite a late bloomer. So I didn't, yeah, I mean, I didn't really go through puberty until I was in my, like middle teens, 14, 15, even 16, sort of around that era. So when it actually <laughs> happened for me, it was like, thank fuck, this is about time. Like everyone else has been making <laughs> their socks hard for their mum for the last two years.
3: I've never understood the sock thing. Yeah, me neither. It's weird.
1: Yeah,
2: it 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 is weird. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's really fucking weird. Okay, for all of you
1: out there that did it with your sock, we don't. No judgment.
2: Let's talk a little bit about land. So, tell yeah. us tell us what your uh, thoughts are on on sexuality in in New Zealand. You know what what is it at the moment? What's what's happening? Maybe what's different since you've lived there in terms of people being a little bit more expressive, or is it oppressed? You know what what can you tell us about sexuality in New Zealand?
3: It's it's definitely not repressed over here. There is quite a few like we have a fetish ball that goes on in the three main centres every year, four main centres every year, uh, which is very very popular. We used to just be in Christchurch, but now they've split it up into into that, and that gets advertised on billboards and stuff like that here. So I definitely couldn't say that it's it's repressed. But we're very open when it comes to our prostitution laws and everything like that as well. So I think New Zealand is in is quite open and quite. Uh, progressive when it comes to that sort of stuff. I think New Zealand as a country has always been quite progressive in general when it comes to – you think of Kate Shepard who was a huge women's rights uh, advocate, was from New Zealand as well. So I think, yeah, New Zealand's very much at the forefront, freedom in general, um, especially sexual freedom.
1: I would agree with that as well. In my experience, I've spent a bit of time in New Zealand for work and obviously part of that – I kind of keep on top of what's going on politically as well, uh, just out of curiosity. And it does appear that New Zealand's, I mean, in all sorts of political um, realms seems to be leading the charge in terms of what is deemed acceptable. I mean, you know, Female prime minister, that sort of thing as well as that's, that's just had a baby, by the way. Exactly. And she's the first head of state to take maternity leave as part of her time in office. You know, that's, that's something that I think a lot of other countries would suffer with, but New Zealand's a long way ahead of the curve on that. That, that's really quite impressive.
3: Yeah. Another cool thing that's just happened in the last couple of days, actually, is that, uh, people who have suffered from domestic violence are now allowed, um, leave to help, but basically personally to be able to help uh, get through that. So that's really cool as well.
2: That is really progressive. So you've got billboards with your kink ball advertised. I mean, I, I don't think I know anywhere else that well, would.
1: Well, hang on. Australia allows, I mean, you see Sexpo advertised. You do see Sexpo. Which is a similar, I mean, granted it's not dedicated to kink, but it's certainly got a kink aspect to it as well.
2: I mean, it sounds like that you, you know a lot about the kink scene and they're, they're um, you know, progressive and kind of accepting over there. Uh, tell us about, you know, you obviously be interacting with a whole heap of different kinds of people through both kink and, and your polyamorous communities. But in terms of uh, mm-hmm. other things like other non, non-monogamy non groups or the LGBTQI um, group, you know, what's that like in New Zealand for, for those other, um, you know, people that are kind of approaching sexuality in their own way?
3: It's, it's very, very open in, in New Zealand in general. All of the groups. That I've been a part of and that I've talked to and known have all been very, very welcoming. Um, the LGBTQI, especially, uh, we haven't had the issues that some some other countries had with the with lesbians being against trans. I don't know if you've heard about that at all, mm-hmm. uh, because they haven't gone through the struggles that that women have in their earlier ages and etc. 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 Which is me absolute bollocks. We haven't had that here. We are a very open-minded people um, until you get to the rural areas, which is kind of where it gets a wee bit iffy, where you know you've got your farmers that have been doing their stuff for forty years, and it's you know straight down the road, and that's it. There's no two questions about it. That's the only place in New Zealand where it does get a wee bit iffy. But the uh, the swingers groups and everyone, everything here, are uh, really really open and welcoming, which is which is really fantastic because they they're all about expanding the group and mutual happiness, for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah, I, I'm um I'm not surprised to be to be brutally honest on it. It's, you know, in my experience with New Zealand and certainly the time that I've spent there, it's generally been quite open to a whole lot of things. Now, the whole country folk deal or the whole, you know, things change as you head out to the country. It's I don't think that's particularly different in many countries. I can't say any because I, I haven't experienced them all, but certainly the ones I've been to or been involved with, we've we've certainly found that when you get further out into the country people become a little less understanding and that's I think that comes down to exposure in a lot of ways, you know, I love my parents to death, but I do understand that they have some um complexities to their understanding of the world and, and also to the understanding of how they should exist in it around people who are gay or um of different cultures, religions, things like that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's The the one thing that I forgot to mention in there is we have, for lack of a better term, a cult uh, in the South Island of of New Zealand as well called Gloria Vale, who's a very, very religious cult. And I had the opportunity a few years ago to go out there and meet them and talk to them and spend a day with them, which was really, really interesting. One of the things that they said is people ask us about homosexuality and we answer we don't breed them. And I'm sitting there going, nature versus nurture is that argument really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting.
3: Yeah, that's very much nurture at that point. It's not nature. So they're they're they might, you know, some I think for me personally, somebody is homosexual from from birth for lack of a better term, really. And then, you know, their upbringing forms which way they want to go. Whereas these people, these these kids who potentially could be could be gay, um, get that nurtured out of them very very quickly in in places like that, and they're. Homestead, for lack of a better term, the area is in the middle of nowhere as well. So they've only got what they've got there. It's it's almost like a a tunnel view, for lack of a better term. Yeah,
1: absolutely. There's no nothing outside of what I know and what I believe. And um, how could anybody not be able to see that? And you know that that can be across all all different facets of life, business. You know, business, social, personal, the political. There's a whole realm of things that. As soon as you get to an extreme version of that, it becomes uh, potentially a very big problem for the people at the other end of the spectrum.
3: Yeah, let's let's not go into politics. Let's not talk all day about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Well, let's, let's get back to, uh, let's get back to New Zealand then. Do you have any Kiwi porn? I'm curious. I haven't actually looked up any Kiwi porn and I'm curious when you're looking at porn. This do is you... porn.
1: This is New Zealand porn, not, not porn with Kiwis. That's, That's correct. Yeah. This is different New
2: Zealand porn. Of... Do you, ha- do you have any like when you're looking at porn, do you try to find some, I guess, locally sourced porn?
3: I've got to be honest. I don't really look for it. And anything that I do find from it is usually amateur. Filmed as such, that we did have a, a magazine called NZX, which was a hardcore magazine um but apart from that, nothing that I've found really that there are a couple of people that film for people that I know um but I've never really seen that go up in anywhere near a professional capacity is it
1: there, so there's is there any kink magazines or anything like that for you guys in NZ
3: um I wouldn't say kink magazines that uh definitely not made by New Zealanders. Just that, just that one hardcore magazine that I can remember that I know of.
2: Yeah, interesting. So, so you're in a couple of you're in a couple of groups. So you've got, you know, you mentioned there, you know, the kinkball. You mentioned your your polyamorous group and, and all those things. I mean, to, uh, tell us, uh, share with us how how do you meet like like minded people in, in New Zealand? I mean, uh, I've I've heard you sort of speak on some of your podcasts, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. You've obviously got a reasonable community there. What I mean, what does that look like? How would people go about finding others in New Zealand?
3: When it, when it comes to kink, Life is definitely the, the main one. It is used a lot. It's basically social network. It's Facebook for dirty fuckers like me, basically. <laughs> We're all and, dirty fuckers. FetLife's uh, also used by swingers, and a lot of swingers events go up through that as well. So it's kind of a... And this is why I said earlier, the kink scene and the, the swinger scene here are quite intrinsically linked with each other. You get the same... Sort of people across both. Obviously, there's a few differences where you get some kinksters that are monogamous and some swingers that aren't kinky, of course. But there is a lot of crossover through those. The other one is Facebook. We've, in, in Christchurch, well, sorry, in New Zealand, we've got quite a large Polyamory New Zealand Facebook page that people can find and join and, and go from there. Uh, in Christchurch, we've only really just started that up. We have basically like a drinks and chat every couple of months. And yeah, we welcome people to go through that. We had, Basically, a uh, polyamorous discussion night, uh, a little while ago, where we had about 45, 50 people, uh, which was fantastic in a town of only 400k. Um, so that was really exciting and really cool as well. So, yeah, there, there's plenty of ways to get into it here because we are so much, so, such an open, open book, basically, and we're allowed to be in, in New Zealand. So, yeah, it makes it quite easy for people who are interested and who want to learn about it.
2: Yeah, that sounds amazing. I mean, you know, as you know, we're we're now based in in Asia and Singapore. So coming from Australia to here, I mean, we we do find that resources and opportunities to to meet like-minded people or mingle events are are quite limited. So it's it's good to know that there's there's communities in in New Zealand or in Christchurch that are kind of forming and uh, catching up. It's great to hear.
3: I think I think it'll get larger and larger as polyamory becomes more of a pop culture thing as well. I remember, um, I think it was Willow Smith told her parents that. You don't think she could ever be monogamous, so
2: that was. Be- which, which I think, just a- adds even more to the rumors that uh, they are already um, in the swinging lifestyle, anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure that that out, out bringing uh, probably brought that back into the media again.
1: Well, I'm really yep. hoping, really hoping I managed to run into those two in a swingers club. Just FYI, <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people who're thinking that. <laughs> yeah, that thing. Uh, <laughs> That's a sexy couple.
2: <laughs> yeah, Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith, definitely. <laughs> Tell us, tell us a little bit about your your upbringing. So your 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 upbringing in terms of you know in your in your family. You know how was how was sex discussed? Was it discussed at all? You know in in school and education and you know yeah, what what, so, what would have impacted the person that Simon is today with all of his you know kinky fuckery that's on his bed right now. <laughs>
3: so it was in, it was interesting for me because i grew up with my grandmother in Britain, so we didn't really have any sort of chat it was i think it was a bit too awkward for her to to talk about that being considerably older so there was no talk through that even from my auntie who was there as well i didn't really have any sort of sexual chat we I had had the obligatory school sexual education which is this is how you put a condom on <laughs> on a banana which, <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly, and these are the diseases you can get if you have unprotected sex, which is, you know, that's okay. My biggest issue is we're not teaching kids enough around the consent side of things, and coercion and that sort of thing, and that's, I kind of want to get into, which is part of the reason I started my podcast, is to educate, and, you know, I've I've been that guy before that has, has scared a woman, you know, which is not intentional, but by my actions and the way that I was talking, it w- it made them concerned. And I sat there and went, young men aren't being taught this stuff, so we need to get into it and, and teach this stuff because it's not happening.
1: I think most men can say they've probably put themselves in that sort of position. And again, it comes down to that total lack of education. You don't realize that yeah. you've, you've gotten to the point that you have until you do. And then... Hopefully, you know, certainly in my case, and I could imagine in yours, your moral compass goes, whoa, hang on. This is yeah. what I, where I'm at right now is not who I am as a person. And you try and back away from that. But yeah, that, yeah. that ability to have that conversation with yourself a long time before then, I don't think is something that any, uh, any male or female for that matter of typically well versed in, certainly out of Australia. And it sounds like New Zealand as well.
3: Yeah, I've only noticed this switch in myself like the last two years, maybe max. And I was looking back at myself during my university days and whatnot and just thinking, I was an absolute fucking asshole, you know? That's that, I was looking at it and going, that's not who I want to be. That's not what I want to be doing. And I, I took it back a couple of steps and went, what caused this? And I said that, and I, like, it boils down to the education side of things and how I was taught to interact with is that it needs to go right back to, to how we're taught in schools. And, you know, we, we, we laugh and joke when, you know, in the second grade, this a young boy catches, you know, we had a game called Catch and Kiss. You know, if you didn't want to get kissed, then you had to run away, which is, you right. know, even it, it, even something like that is, is is quite can be quite damaging because guys will keep chasing and chasing and chasing, finally catch a girl and then plant one on her. And that's seed in that it's okay to keep chasing these people because you'll eventually get what you want whether they want to, want to or not.
2: Yeah, gosh, I actually I, – I've never even thought of it that way. I actually forgot that Catch and Kiss even uh, even, even, existed as a, as a game, but I'd never – I
1: didn't. I got chased so much. It was horrible.
2: <laughs> Everybody be chasing your ass. Do you even still now? Do you still running away?
1: Yep, that's right. I'm on the other side of where there's an isolation chamber between C and I right now just to keep their hands <laughs> off me that's <laughs> a curse beauty's a curse
2: no you are you are correct though i i think that um you know a lot of people have been really focusing on this uh, recent not just consent but but education growth uh helping people to understand their own sexuality understand sexuality uh, of of others um and, and really that's how how to interact
3: yeah normalizing sexuality is really what it is yeah and and actually being able to have the conversations that we need to around it yeah, without, well, without being scared or showing fear yeah, around yeah. that as well. Yeah.
2: All right. So, so 14 and a half, you're, you're, uh, having, you've, you've lost your virginity. You're masturbating to Kmart catalogues. How did you get where you are to today then? What, what was the, um, your journey that led you to, to where you are today?
3: Okay. So obviously I moved to New Zealand and living here and going through my stuff here. It was a complete upheaval for me. It's not something that I actually wanted to do at the time. It was, it was a family forced thing. Um, so moved over here and I joined that life quite early on, um, but didn't really get into it. It wasn't until an old friend of mine actually got in touch with me and said, Hey, you should come to this coffee thing. I know you're fucking kinky as hell. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Sounds perfect. But, like, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. So that, that's the cool thing The the TNG here, which is the next generation, which is 35 and under kinks, have a coffee every two weeks. And it's a really cool way to try and basically integrate new people into, into the scene. And into the the group, so I went I went along to one of those, and thought, hey, this is for me, I, I can do this, and I ended up being with the girl who took me, who who wanted to take me to that, and so we were dating for for quite a while, and obviously doing our little thing, and I, it sort of grew from there, and um, as we went through more, we call them tastings, and. So tastings is, is a little bit of one sort of aspect of things. So I went along to a lot of those and a lot of workshops as well, and I found out that I was interested in a lot of different things. Like the biggest one that I didn't think I'd be interested in was electro, and now I'm probably my favorite thing to do. So, yeah, that that was sort of my journey. It wasn't exciting, if I'm completely honest. It was just
2: I, – I think probably you know, <laughs> telling other people out there that you're into electro – I think most people would clarify that as pretty goddamn exciting. I mean, I don't know, dude, what do you reckon?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definite qualification of exciting. The I've, man
2: has a fucking machine on his bed, for Christ's sake.
1: I've been on the um, the receiving end of Electro, and I, unlike you, have figured out that I am not into <laughs>
3: Electro. Look, a lot of people aren't. For example, I spent 800 British pounds on a, on a TENS machine, originally used for muscle relaxation and um, helping induce birth in women as well. Yep. And it can sim- it can simulate um, contractions for men as well. And that's when when I could handle that and I got aroused by that for the first time, that's when I went, yep, yeah, this is me," And just sort of went from there.
0: Yeah,
2: you know what? One thing I will say about the kink community is that, you know, you you guys will just turn anything into a, a kink toy, anything. You're like, oh, 10's oh, yeah. no, ten, machine for muscle relaxation. Fuck yeah, we'll do something with that.
3: <laughs> so the, the, the best one is, you know those – um. You know those tennis rackets that you use for killing flies, yes. the electrified one. Y- yes, I do, We're- and I think I know where you're going with this, but carry on. <laughs> but we, we, we've adapted that to have it just as two at the end instead of a racket, and then we use that to zap each other. Nice,
1: like a like a, a like a prod, like a, it's kind of a cattle sexual cattle prody thing.
3: Yeah, with a lot lower voltage, but we do use cattle prods as well.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now that's actually, that sounds um, very exciting. I think a cattle prog's got quite a bit of, quite a bit of kick to it. <laughs> I've been on the receiving end on a few of those as well, um, whilst dealing with cattle. So <laughs> I can tell you that yeah. that would be very exciting.
3: So it's, it's definitely uh, a jolt to the senses. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. You are the king of puns. That was
2: fantastic, yeah. Thank you very yeah. much, Simon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You've gotta be very, very careful what you're doing and you've got to it's it's kinda like rope as well. You've gotta be you've gotta be knowledgeable. Um, especially when it comes to pens machines to know that the current runs between two points. So don't put that point across the heart or any vital organs or anything like that. Um whereas obviously with rope you've gotta be sure not to tie it too hard and cut off blood supply. You've got to be knowledgeable about what you're doing with it. Um and that's with ninety nine percent of kink, I think, as well, as... If you don't know what you're doing, learn first. So, Otherwise, things can go wrong.
1: So, how did you, how did you, t- I mean, how does, how do you see it typically working in the kink community? Certainly, in your experiences in New Zealand, is it, is it kind of like an apprentice scenario where, you know, you find somebody who knows more than you and then you learn from them and then work from there? Is that how it generally goes?
3: Yeah. It kind, kind of, um, so, like I said, there's a lot of workshops around this sort of thing as well. You can go to a workshop and learn from there. You can just basically watch other people and learn like that or like you said, you can find somebody who knows more about, about a subject than, than what you do. Like we have we had discussion nights and stuff like that as well. But yeah, you can definitely do like the Master of the Star City or Vader sort of thing if you wanted to. Um, <laughs> I'm but, glad you yeah, went
1: there instead of the instead of the, you know, the, the you went straight to the dark side of the force, I noticed.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, there's there's no straight journey to it. I when it came to electro, I read a lot of literature around it as well as learning from the person who ran the workshop. I guess I'm now one of the one of the better electro people in Christchurch, if not New Zealand.
2: All right. Uh, so Simon, tell us what you might want to uh, tell your fellow Kiwis or really anybody out there listening to our podcast today about uh, sexual expression. If you could give uh, some Simon's top tips on sexual expression, what would it be?
3: Get into your local scene and, and talk about what you're into. There's no kink shaming um, or or even any sort of shaming when it comes to to, to the kink scene in New Zealand. Um, if it's if kinks not your thing and you're just into you know poly or non monogamy, still get involved, talk to people, see what their experiences are, see what they like, see what they're into, and basically throw as much shit against the wall and see what sticks is what I would say. Experience as much as you can. Definitely, nicely, yeah. Nicely
2: put. Well, well put. On honestly, uh, very articulate because. You know you're talking there about Especially the
3: throwing shit against wall thing. <laughs> throwing
2: shit against wall definitely <laughs>
3: i'm a I'm a classy board
2: <laughs> because you you're absolutely right you know you you said you went out there and and educated yourself on on what was available you've educated yourself on some of the tools of your trade as well to make sure that you're you're using them correctly obviously there's an element of making sure that the the people that you're with are are safe and and secure um you know I see really no difference in in the people in in our lifestyle, singing lifestyle, educating themselves on what's available out there, what's, uh, you know, communicating with your partner, understanding what your own rules and boundaries are. I mean, all of it kind of fits into the realm of just go out there and, and educate and understand what is your path, I think, and how, how do you want to approach whatever lifestyle it is that, that you're going to approach?
1: Well, even if you find yeah. somebody that you consider a Yoda in terms of their expertise, you still have to, you know, a good... Padawan, just to go back to where we were before, um, Brilliant. should, should always challenge the master as well. You know, you should always be asking That's questions cool. of them and you should always be expecting that there's things that they don't know. And, and anyone who's in any of the, any sort of lifestyle, like, you know, we are, and I use that as a group term. It's, yeah. um, if you live on the, if you live on the fringes and you can't assume that everything you hear, read or, um, or are involved in is accurate just because of the person that you're talking to portrays it as such. You've got to be smarter than that. You've got to keep an eye on what's going on out, out in the world as yeah. well. Listen I to think. multiple
2: voices, not just yeah. relying yep. on solely on one. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Because everybody's got a different opinion, different journey. And, and, um, certainly, you know, some of the aspects of it, when it comes down to safety, there's a good and bad and that can be found fairly quickly. But, you know, there's a lot of other things out there that. You never know till you try, and sometimes you've got to make sure you understand what you're getting yourself into before you do that.
3: Yeah, the, a part of that that I just wanted to touch on there is if you're learning from one person, the danger is that that person is not actually all they're cracked up to be, yeah. so that, that they they can turn bad and you don't notice it because that's all you're following. Like like your Anakin Skywalker and uh, Senator, what's his name? Jesus, is,
2: there has been there has been a lot of we references new, in yeah, this uh, yeah. podcast. I got to tell you, boys.
1: Yes, yeah, Star Wars, <laughs> but not yeah. So one. he didn't
3: realize that he was actually going to the dark side. Yeah. So that's that can be the sort of thing that happens, especially in the king scene here. If you're just following one person, they can lead you down a path that's actually not very good, and you won't know because you're only dealing with this one person. Yeah, and that's where it becomes, a, it becomes really interesting with um, with new people coming in who have come in because of a relationship they've just joined or a relationship that's just started with them and a gangster and they're like, okay, yeah, I'll come along, blah, 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 blah. And they're only following that one person and that's what makes it really quite interesting and, and can be quite dangerous as well.
2: Yeah, and I mean I think I think you know, as fellow podcasters, I, I think that we can all agree that there there is no one correct um, way to approach, there's no one voice. It's so it's always a good idea to to listen to multiple. I mean, when we first started we listened to a few things and and yes, some things you'd go, Yep, absolutely, that sounds amazing, that sounds sexy and, and interesting, and other things you'd go, you know what, probably not my flavour. So I get it in the king yeah, scene that- as well. Alrighty. Uh now listen, we've we've mentioned you're a fellow podcaster, so let's because you've been such a good boy, Simon because you've been a New Guinea pig on our segment <laughs> D is pissing himself laughing right now that I'm oh calling you a good man. boy but give us give us an elevator pitch tell us about your podcast that you've just launched an
1: elevator pitch I mean you know this elevator is definitely headed down <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying
3: my podcast is called the Ace light podcast it stands for advice sex love understanding and trust so we talk about all manner of sexy things and and what we're into and polyamory and we take advice from people I'm about to record a Q&A session which is kind of cool being able to actually get feedback from people and people asking for advice on on different things so I'm going to be doing that you can find me on Facebook Twitter Instagram uh and on Spotify now as well um, I've just been launched on Spotify which is awesome um all at the Ace Light podcast which is really really cool I talked to um a couple of sex workers who have worked around the world I talked to you know, polyamorous people, mon- monogamous people, kinky people, uh, people just getting involved in kink, all sorts of stuff. And, um, it's, yeah, basically a wide array of, of different things. And it's all based around that education of, of sex and having just sexual discussions without having to feel like you're being oppressed or you can't say what you want to think.
1: Well done. Yeah. Well done. It's, uh, much better than I could do. I'd just say, <laughs> I would say C and I talk shit. For 30, <laughs> twenty minutes to forty minutes, and, you know. sometimes
2: people download it, sometimes they don't.
1: <laughs> Who can be sure, hey? And there's an internet involved somewhere there in between.
3: My my chats were meant to be like an hour max, and they've sort of evolved into about an hour and a half, almost two hours at times, just because I keep rambling on. So I guess I'm that's what has given me the the ability to talk a lot. Um, even when it comes to my own podcast.
2: Absolutely. And I, I do I love the acronym of your podcast, so the A SLUT podcast. Advice, sex, love, understanding, trust. Bloody good job. Yep. Fantastic.
1: I'm definitely I, you. I'm definitely a SLUT. I'm just not sure whether I fit under the same sort of category as what you've got there. <laughs> I'm just more so <laughs> Don't
3: worry, i I'm definitely a slut as <laughs> well. So, so
1: see just quiet.
2: No, that's not just quietly. I, I'm, totally. I'm I'm proud about it. Yeah, yeah, that,
1: we're, yeah we're, that's not that's not quiet. <laughs> we're slutty and we're out and proud. That's exactly right. Yeah. Out and proud sluts. See,
3: see, you literally did a whole thing on how to get into seat pants. It's yeah, true. Yeah. I know.
1: And, and can I say there's been a few uh, people that have utilised some of that information to their <laughs> advantage. You know who yeah, you are, by the way. People. <laughs>
2: hey thanks thanks very much for chatting with us today Simon we really appreciate you uh, joining us for the launch of our new segment so uh, cultural sexual diversity around the world thank you for sharing a little bit about you and and your uh I guess uh kink and your life and your uh, time there in New Zealand
1: and your country
3: and your country thank you very much for having me it's been really really fun and uh, again I love having these discussions uh purely so purely on the education basis, but it's also fun to talk to other people and hear about their experiences as well. So thank you very much.
2: No, thank you. And uh, for everybody out there who's listening, if you want to find Simon's link for his uh, sex toy collection or how to find his podcast, you'll find that in the show notes. Um, I'll make sure I get those up there. And uh, please do jump along and go and listen to some of his interviews, uh, some really interesting ones. So he's up to episode six right now, so he's just joining the the podcast community. So jump over and support him. We'd really appreciate it. Sure. Thank you. Thank you very
1: much. Thanks, Simon. I know where C's like losing her fucking mind. A good orgasm will rattle that ride out of her.
3: There's nothing like a good hate <laughs>